It's time for BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Sarah Perlman breaking down all the betting angles you need to put money in your wallet. This is the first time it feels like we're getting a true number on a Chiefs game because there's always that extra tax. If you want to bet on Kansas City, you're going to have to lay more. Rush coming. Mahomes floats it. Wide open. Kelsey. Touchdown. Kansas City. An incredible combination. Mahomes to Kelsey. And the Chiefs are running away with it it's betql daily on the bet bet you're listening to the launch of the bet network airing live on the bet 1430 in denver and 93.1 kcbs hd2 in los angeles the bet is a brand new sports betting network you can hear us live on those stations or you can hear us via the radio.com app or watch us live on radio.com this was bet sweats and a two-hour show, and we are now BetQL Daily. We've expanded out to three hours, weekdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. Our friends at You Better You Bet will also be here live, 4 to 8 p.m. Eastern. So if you're wondering, okay, what does that mean for me, the listener, if you've uh, been dedicated to listening every day? Not a whole lot. We're just growing the show, and Eli can't swear, and that's literally about <laughs> 63% of his content, so we'll, I think he's going to be the first one uh, to get in trouble with that. So it, it, your routine is not changing if you're listening via the podcast. We're still going to do fun sports betting content. We'll bring on some great guests, give you as much actionable information as possible on the show. The Twitter has changed. That's important. No longer at BetSweats. We are at BetQL Daily. Hopefully, I don't mess that up too many times today. Eli's still producing, sadly. Board op is Jordan Malley in Chicago, director Dylan Birds of Philadelphia. Co-host, day one, sort of, I guess. Is it day one? I don't know. It's day one on the bet, but it's the same show. Sarah Perlman. How you doing, Sarah? I'm great. I'm happy to be here with, with you guys. Really exciting to be on the radio and the podcast. I'm a little upset Eli can't curse because I really look forward <laughs> to hearing that first thing in the morning for a long time when I was on the show with you, but other than that, I'm fired up. Yeah, that's that's the only thing. I wonder, okay, who's going to be the first one to do it on the network? Not um, I. No, not you. You're a professional. You, you never do it anyways, sort of. It's I think be, you have right? this show. Between this show, it's it's probably Eli. And I've worked with Nick Costos a little bit, who does the later show. And, and there's a chance <laughs> he, might, he might today. He might start to say a word, but he'll he'll stop. Correct. He's able to turn it on and turn it off. Uh, So I I think we'll be all right as long as Eli doesn't get too much airtime. Now, he he did carve out a segment later on in the show to talk some college hoops. He is our college hoops expert if you are joining us for the first time. So, again, this is BetQL Daily at BetQL on Twitter. And you can listen to us live or via the podcast. We get that up early in the afternoon as quickly as possible, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time every single day. Uh, this is BetQL Daily on the bet. Sarah, the important stuff. Championship Sunday. How did you do? Joe, I told you earlier today when we got on talking in the morning, player props were decent. I was going through, but on, on the sides and one total, meaning I only hit one total, it wasn't good. I, I really liked the Packers, and that hurt me. And, and after the game, obviously hindsight is so 20-20. Even at halftime, I kind of felt the momentum. But I thought... Why would I bet against Tom Brady? What a non-profitable thing to do, truly. Mm-hmm. So that was a that was a big L. And, and I think if you listen to us and have listened to us, people know I had a Buffalo Bills future. And I was a little upset to see that one go as well. But 
Kansas City was by far and large the better team. So I'm excited for the Super Bowl. And of course, looking forward to seeing Tom Brady now hosting the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. First time to do that in Super Bowl history at their home stadium. So that, that'll be that'll be great. But a few props here and there. Overall, it wasn't my best work, Joe. How about you? Did you consider hedging your Bills future at all or just letting it ride? Maybe I'll hedge if we get to the Super Bowl. That's exactly what I was going to do. I thought if they make it to the Super Bowl, it wasn't. I got a nine to one and it was decent, but I thought I'm going to wait. I didn't want to hedge too early. So looking back, maybe I should have sprinkled, but I was all in on the Bills. I really, really thought they had a chance. But uh, I think after the, the third quarter and kicking the field goal, I knew it was over. Uh, I, I don't know how one misses the sides as much as I did, but nails the props. But that's exactly what happened. Like I, I could figure out what was going to happen. Good on the for play. you. I, it's strange. So I was on the Packers as well. Dead wrong on that. I didn't have a strong feel about Chiefs Bills. I talked about it all week. I had a lean to, to Buffalo. If I had to pick a side, I would have picked that side. But I did well on the props. <laughs> Even though he had an awful day at the office for Green Bay, Aaron Jones, the over three and a half receptions, that got home early in the second half. And, and the one that, uh, that got, cashed that ticket to go over three and a half receptions was his fumble. And then he got hurt and he was out for the rest of the game. So I feel a little lucky to get that one. I mentioned on Friday's show that Gronk or Brait are going to score a touchdown. Brait got in the end zone. He was plus 400. Josh Allen rushing yards. That hit on the second possession for Buffalo in the game. And I figured it was going to be a big Kelsey game. Uh, look at Kelsey in their mm -hmm. first matchup in week six, scored two touchdowns. The Bills giving up in the regular season, the second most receiving yards to tight ends of all the teams, second most yards. So I figured it would be a Kelsey game. I was right. I didn't know that I was going to be that right. But I went heavy on Kelsey touchdown at minus 125. And thankfully, that one came in. I, I thought I was going to be down in the dumps where Kelsey would have a monster 100-yard game double digit and catches and not score a touchdown, but, but he, no, got that was Tyreek Hill. <laughs> oh yeah. What did you I loved Kelsey? I, his receptions was a play of mine. Loved that. Yeah. And his, his total uh, for receiving yards that came so close to hitting even in the, in the first half. So I was with you on Kelsey, but just kind of looking through the stat sheet, I didn't play Tyreek Hill because I had a feeling like you, Travis Kelsey is one of the most auto bats in the NFL. It seems like mm -hmm. all season, but Tyree Kill to not score for all the work that he did, he had over 150 receiving yards, was was almost crazy to see. Yeah, I, I want to talk about uh, Kelsey in a minute because there was a conversation I had last week with Ross Tucker that I, I need to uh, amend a little bit my stance on okay. that with, with the receiver and tight end combo that we see with the Chiefs right now. Boy, it's like, how do you even stop these guys? Uh, this is BetQL Daily on the Bet. We are airing live on the Bet 1430 in Denver and KCBS HD3 in Los Angeles. And we are on the BetQL Audio Network. And BetQL and Radio.com have partnered up to help you beat these sports books. BetQL helps bettors of all types from the first time bettors to hardcore make more informed betting decisions using data and analytics. BetQL's algorithms analyze over 350,000 unique bets every year in real time to help give you an edge over these sports books. So it's funny, one of the conversation pieces around Championship Sunday that we had last week on the show was about the best skill position players. And 
none of these teams playing yesterday are looking to establish the run. Like that's just defense wins championships, establish the run. We could talk about that in the nineties, early two thousands. That's just not how football is played anymore. But when we got to the skill position conversation, it's funny that the teams that advanced, even though one of them was an underdog in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the top two skill position teams out there, right? When you take a look at the Bucs, and mm-hmm. the Chiefs, it, it's tough to pick which side is better. I ended up going with the Bucks because of their depth. They move on. And then the Chiefs, I mean, just th- that combination of Tyreek and Kelsey, they're the first duo in NFL history with consecutive games of at least 100 yards for each of them in a single postseason. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they do that in a couple of weeks against a pretty good Tampa defense, uh, a, a Bucks D, which will be healthier Uh, We expect in two weeks when we get to the Super Bowl. Right. And I think you kind of hit on it perfectly in the sense, just to go back to this week's games and and a lot of people betting, I know you and and I, and and a lot of people look at just kind of game theory, how you think the game will play out, Joe, and what will occur. And and I really thought just talking about the Chiefs, I really thought because Patrick Mahomes turf toe concussion protocol, they were going to try to run the ball like they did in week six, week six against the Bills. If you look what they did in week six, Clyde Edwards, Alaire carried the ball 26 times for 161 yards. Their run game was was nothing yesterday. Michael Hardman had the most rushing yards for the Kansas City Chiefs. So to your point, I do think it's going to be an absolute aerial attack on both ends. And that's why Mm -hmm. when you look at the total and we'll get in it later for the Super Bowl, it's sitting so high because yes, the run defense is, is great for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but you could look at the Green Bay Packers and say they had some success through the air yesterday. So um, I'm, I'm excited to watch that game. And I, I do think it's going to be all receivers and tight ends. <laughs> Before we start ripping the losing teams from yesterday that go home in really disappointing fashion, especially with the coaching, just some mind-boggling decisions out there yesterday. I, and it's not even a situation where, oh, it's easy once you have the results. In real time, we were all criticizing Matt LaFleur. And the same thing with McDermott. He's looking to go for another field goal. Yeah, that's how you beat Pat Mahomes. <laughs> Get to that in a second. But Sarah, first gut, I mean, this is what everyone's talking about this morning. Okay, we have our Super Bowl matchup. We're going to be breaking it down every single mismatch or angle over the next two weeks. But gut reaction, you are not stuck with this pick. What is your thought on Kansas City being favored by three and a half? Uh, It's noteworthy that some books right after um, the Chiefs game ended that some opened at three and they juiced it up to minus 120. But just about everywhere now, it is three and a half. And then the total is 57, 57 and a half and bouncing around there already. That is um, the second highest total we have ever seen in a Super Bowl. The The other one was Patriots Falcons a few years back. Right off the bat, when I saw that this morning, I thought, when I saw the three last night, because it was up, even before the game ended, to your point, I saw the three and I thought, I got to grab it with the Chiefs. I didn't Mm. play it yet. But now at three and a half with the hook, I'm thinking, I don't know, Tampa might be able to keep this thing close. And I've learned very, very hardly this season, don't bet against Tom Brady. So I'm excited to watch the game in terms of side right now. At three, I'd probably lay it with the Chiefs. I don't know how you're going to stop them. I felt like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill were open every single play, and I think the defense goes to Tampa Bay, but the offense, I think it goes to the Chiefs. The total, who wants to bet the under in that game? Not I. <laughs> no. Not, do, you, do you want to? Sitting at no. 56. If it gets bet up a little more, there's going to have to be a time where I grab the under. 
but it's not going to be fun betting the under in the Super Bowl against these two offenses. <laughs> I don't, you can't bet the under here. And we've seen it in a lot of different years yeah. when, see, but that's with the full crowd. So is it different? We're not going to have all the theatrics we normally have around the Super Bowl with everybody going nuts. Yeah, there will be some fans there and many of them Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans, but I don't think uh, that's really involved in the line. We'll talk with Jeff Sherman from the Westgate later on in the show to see if there is any home field. Did they bump them up a half a point or what was the thinking there since for the first time ever, the Super Bowl is going to be played on one of the team's home field, but there is no way I am playing the under. Maybe what I would wait. Side, it's Chiefs or nothing. The The part that fascinates me is, will this stay at three and a half for the entire week? Will they get strong two-way action? Because the public is going to drive this number. It's one of the few NFL events that's the case once we get into the playoffs, but especially the Super Bowl. So is the public going to say, I'm not betting against Andy Reid with extra time to prepare. I am not betting against Pat Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. The defense is good enough to get by. Like I'm not going against that train. Or is the public saying, TB12, Super Bowl number 10. The man can do anything, and he has a lot of weapons. Maybe Antonio Brown's going to be healthy. So which side is the public going to run with? I'm not really sure here with 13 days to go. That's going to be tough. That's going to be really tough to your point. I almost think there's going to be two-way public action, as you mentioned, and it's going to be money line plays. People are going to think Tom Brady's going to win at home. He's done it a million times. He's been to the Super Bowl more than any other quarterback for a reason. And then you're looking at Patrick Mahomes, who also I think the Chiefs have been a public team for the past two seasons. So it's it's going to be tough, and I am excited to talk to Jeff Sherman and kind of see is there a home field advantage to your point? Because I would say there's not, there hasn't been really in the last two seasons that much, but especially this season in particular. And the Super Bowl, I wonder what the fan situation will look like there just in terms of, of Chiefs and, and Tampa Bay fans. Here's what I do know, Sarah, that probably all the money that I'll be betting on, on this game, 90% of the money is going to be on the props, which we don't have yet. A lot of them will, will some are starting to, to pop up and that's going to be so much fun. Anthem, halftime show, all that stuff, everything. Mm -hmm. and, and then of course the game stuff. Um, I, I know that most of my bets will be on props. Most of my money will be on props. Me and I also, I also know that I am completely sick of Florida. Like the lightning winning the cup, the Rays in the World Series against the Dodgers. I'm done. Florida. I'm done with anybody from Florida, Sarah. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I'm not coming back after this break coming up. Have a fun show alone, Joe, because hey. it's over. Oh, you're from Florida? I didn't know. Is um, that accurate? Yes. <laughs> but are you kind of are, – are they excited? People, I know you have a lot of contacts down there. Are they thrilled or is it just kind of – it's the COVID year. It's not as thrilling. No, they're fired up. Okay. Wouldn't you if you got Tom Brady and then you're like, are they going to actually go to the Super Bowl? And then, of course – He's leading them to the Super Bowl. Yes. Of course they're fired up. All right. Coming up next, let's break down uh, these games and what we can learn for the upcoming Super Bowl 13 days from now. PointsBet, the exclusive sports betting partner of the Denver Nuggets, is out doing the competition in Colorado. They are now live with minus 105 spreads in all NBA and NFL games. That's the best price of any sports book. Why bet anywhere else. This is Joe Ostrowski and Sarah Perlman. This is the debut of BetQL Daily. 
BetQL and Radio.com have partnered up to help you beat the sports books. BetQL tells you which side professional bettors are picking, provides real-time line movement and historical betting results. Get started today at BetQL.com. Also available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. Thank you for everyone listening live on the Radio.com app, watching us Radio.com. And uh, checking us out on 1430 The Bat in Denver and KCBS in Los Angeles, HD3. Sarah Perlman, uh, so when you turn on the TV, turn on the radio, however you consume uh, your your sports conversation, one of the lead stories is going to be about Matt LaFleur, as it should be. That's a a big topic. And Aaron Rodgers not winning in the end. And boy, you know, when when I'm alarmed when people that know Rodgers well – have covered him throughout his entire career, talk to him on a weekly basis. And as the post game is going on, they're reporting. Like, it sounds like Aaron Rodgers is saying goodbye. He was thanking the media for how they've treated him over the years, all sorts of stuff. And it's fun to talk about. I don't mm-hmm. think he's going anywhere. You also have to keep in mind, that was a guy that was just so defeated he thought it was his time he's getting another mvp everything was set up they're playing at lambeau field for for him to win the game and he's going to take down tom brady in the nfc championship game so i i think we're going a little bit too far to Mm -hmm. to throw him in the group of all these quarterbacks that could be moving this offseason but maybe when you think about it from his perspective this last draft his team moved up in the first round to go draft another quarterback to get the next one. The only thing that I could think of is that he'd want to be traded. I can't imagine in any world the Packers are getting rid of him. And why would they? He's coming off of arguably his best season, top two, 48 touchdowns, just five picks in the regular season. That was his fifth appearance in an NFC title game. What are they? Why would they want to get rid of Aaron Rodgers? So it's either him saying, I want to be traded for the remainder of my contract or retire and pay his bonuses, which are like $23 million. He's not retiring. So I guess I was a little more thrown thinking, is he going to ask to be traded or is he causing commotion to get more support around him with protection after the injury of Bakhtiari? I don't know. I was very thrown. I just, I don't see a situation where the Packers would trade Aaron Rodgers. So the dead money for Rodgers, if they're going to move on right now, is $31.5 million. They're only saving $5 million. So you would think that's a no, but pro football talk, Mike Florio, he studies these contracts and he pointed out that if they were to trade Rodgers after June 1st, it would only cost them $14 million instead of 31 and a half. But yeah, I don't understand. Why would you rush rush to move on from Rodgers, especially when you see the disparity between the AFC and the NFC, all these great young quarterbacks in the AFC side. And then the, the NFC, I mean, honestly, I cover the bears on a regular basis, the NFC North and all of their head coaches are complete trash. It's as long as you have Rodgers, it's a free division right now. Mm-hmm. I think, and I'm not positive. Okay. I've never covered Aaron Rodgers, And I think I should make that clear. Maybe he has problems with Matt LaFleur and it doesn't seem like that, but I will say whenever you hear local media with speculation, he's had issues with, with head coaches in the past. It seems like they had a good relationship. Maybe after that extremely questionable call to kick a field goal, 
and not go for yeah. it with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback to try to beat the Buccaneers. And of course they don't get the ball back. He's just so ticked off for back of, for, for lack of a better word. And, and think, you know what? I got to go somewhere where I have more reign with the decisions. I know he's able to, you know, alternate plays on his own and have his own play calls, especially in the red zone. Maybe he's thinking terrible play call. We should have won that game. He's MVP of the season for a reason. And, and that was his thought just saying, I want to be traded. I want out. So I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's pretty shocking the words he said after the game. Yeah, uh, he said, and he said it wasn't my decision. A lot of guys' future they're uncertain right now, including myself. And so I, you know, I am obviously open to the numbers with anything, and analytics big part of every sport mm-hmm. right now. However, that there you have to look at it with clear eyes here. Like you telling me that a team quarterbacked by, I don't know, Mitchell Trubisky or like Andy Dalton right now, if you tell me, well, it was the right decision because the win probability to go for the field goal there went from 25% to 27.5%, um, I need some context. Again, Aaron Rodgers, that is the number one offense in the red zone this year. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady's on the other side. You're giving him the ball back. Don't tell me about how many timeouts you have left. And with a two-minute warning, it's kind of like having four timeouts. Like, No, you have to take all of that into account. I I don't know how you go for the field goal. I viewed Lafleur as as a coach that does not get enough credit just based on his record so far after two seasons. And I get the pushback, well, well, everything's easy when you have Aaron Rodgers. Okay, understood. But – he, he's one of the good coaches. I thought he was one of the good coaches. That decision baffled me yesterday because even if you don't convert, there's still a chance that you can still force overtime if you get the ball back. You still have all those timeouts. I think, and when I look back at yesterday's play call, it had to do with analytics. And that's the only way we could look at that. I don't know what's in his ear. And sometimes I think analytics has changed the game in ways that we need to revert back to a little bit of game time decisions. But to your point, when I'm watching that game, and it's not because I was even a Packers better, which I was, I'll be clear. I love the Packers in that spot. Um, I was a little confused because to your point, when you looked back at the regular season, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers inside the red zone were scoring six plus points on almost 80% of their drives in the red zone this season. That was the top of the league. You're right. When they get in the red zone, they're putting up points. Why they wouldn't go for it, huge mistake. Matt LaFleur is going to be under so much pressure and scrutiny for that decision. It was terrible. Clearly, Aaron Rodgers was upset, and I understand that. But I, I will say, just kind of going back to the game yesterday, Box Packers had to be thrilled. Packers had to be thrilled. They're looking at that game thinking, you're giving Tom Brady the ball back with a few minutes to play. Of course, he'll get the first down. doesn't matter how many timeouts. He'll continue to get it. He was the most successful quarterback on third downs yesterday. Yep. Uh, this is BetQL Daily. Joe Ostrowski, Sarah Perlman on the bet, live on the bet, 1430 in Denver, and KCBS HD3 in Los Angeles. And then uh, you have to look, of course, on the winning side. It's amazing. I mean – 10 Super Bowls. What do you even say? 10 Super Bowls in 19 years. I mean, Michael Jordan had six in 15 years. Wayne Gretzky had six in 20 years. I, the, these, this is Mount Rushmore stuff, and it just continues. You add Brady, and you go from seven and nine to representing the NFC in the Super Bowl here. Just wild. And people will blame LaFleur on the Green Bay side. They will blame mm-hmm. Rodgers. They say, come on, dude. NFC title game. You got to win some of these, not just the Bears in 2010. You have to win some of these. 
But the game was decided in the middle few minutes of the game. Like, mm-hmm. don't, don't blame Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk about Kevin King and why he was still on the field that game. I don't know how you give that touchdown up to Scotty Miller with one second left in the first half. You have one job. Don't let that dude get past you. And they gave up the TD. And then, okay, Packers get the ball back. Here's your opportunity. Aaron Jones fumbled to start. And then, boom, first play for Tampa Bay. Touchdown. I mean, that was the game. 14 points right there. That was it. I wonder, and I thought about this yesterday, and maybe the injury on Bakhtiari was huge, but I just felt like Aaron Rodgers taking five sacks at the beginning when he got hit twice in the first half. I thought to myself, I mean, they can't have him hold the ball. He has no time. He was getting QB hit after QB hit, and it was continuous. And and obviously, I think that's what led to the fall of the Green Bay Packers. But I want to go back, and it was really something funny. And then someone put a picture up on Twitter, and I love this stuff. It was like a picture of Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and then Tom Brady. And it was like, wow, all these guys have won NFC championship. Remarkable. Imagine Tom Brady and being like, this AFC thing was so fun. Let me go try it in the NFC and then do it. (laughs) I know. He has – the amount of NFC playoff victories he has is more than some of the – he's like up there with Montana. He's right behind Montana, I think. It's a – it's wild. As long as the picture didn't have any more uh, Bernie memes, because I just can't take it anymore, Sarah. Oh, I you just, can keep them coming. I think it's, it's hilarious. Just, oh, okay. Some Here's are a better good. one. Somebody put Bill Belichick's face on the Bernie meme, and now it's going viral, and that is really cracking me up, too. Because <laughs> you know Bill Belichick's watching this like, what did I do? I know. I know. Well, he's going to get Rodgers now, so it's fine. Get the Patriots. <laughs> if you're going to move, you move him over to the AFC. Correct. I um, actually like that prediction for what it's worth. <laughs> you trade Aaron Rodgers. I'm just going to say it now. I'm 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 not even a Packers fan, but what the heck? You're going with know. Jordan Love. Have fun. Have a great time. Yeah, you know I was Love doing to the your show Bears. With, Have a season. I was, doing, I was doing the show with Horvat on Friday, and he's just like crying. He's like, "Why can't we have nice things?" I'm like, "You need to shut your mouth. You go from Favre Correct. to Rodgers." <laughs> And you have the best NBA player on the planet on your basketball team. Don't tell Cry me about me a it. river. Yeah. Don't tell me about it. We, we can't have nice things. So on the Chiefs side, took 84 days, Sarah, and finally cover a point spread. And here they are in the Super Bowl. It's, it, 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 if you were along, looking along the lines that, you know, KC is just toying with everyone. That's what they're doing. And when they want to flip that switch, they're going to do it. Maybe you had some evidence yesterday. Down yeah. nine nothing in the first quarter, and it was ball game moving forward. To your point, they didn't cover eight straight, and you talked about that. And the one time I don't back them, they want to have this outstanding performance. But no, we we as the media and people that do sports betting look at those trends, and I I kind of fell with it too. I thought, could they? Can they put put teams away? They're able to come back from behind, and and I think we all know that one of the most explosive offenses in the league. But when it matters. Can they push the opponent aside and put up big numbers and cover and win? And yesterday, of course, they did so. And and credit to Patrick Mahomes playing through turf toe, as we know, came off of concussion protocol. And then Andy Reid proving again why he's one of the best head coaches of all time right now in this decade with Patrick Mahomes. I think their offense was brilliant. Because I talked about it earlier, I really thought they the Bills' defense was going to sit back, drop their safeties back, and just wait for them to air it out and force them to run the ball. But their game plan was tremendous. And I think we talk about Matt LaFleur. Why aren't we talking about Sean McDermott, Joe? Because that's also yeah. some questionable decisions he made throughout the game to kick field goals when you're down, to then go down by three scores. Things that I looked back at this morning thinking – 
you're going to regret those decisions. I think the more aggressive head coaches, hence Andy Reid on fourth and one last week, going for it to secure the AFC or to go to the AFC championship. And then you look at Bruce Arians with Tom Brady consistently throwing deep balls on third and long. So I think it, it goes to show conservative, conservative head coaches do not win in those type of games. Well, you know, yeah. And that's something that I had mentioned last week. And I thought we had aggressive coaches left, including LaFleur and McDermott. But there's something going on in these playoffs where the guys that you think are really good coaches throw Stefanski in there too with Cleveland. Like they turtle up in the end and they they just turn conservative. In recent years, we've actually seen it with Sean McVay, a guy viewed as top five, even a top three guy. He's become conservative in these spots. Right. And that's where exactly where I think you see the difference. So now when you look for an edge, and we'll get into it later, when you look for an edge and betting the Super Bowl and you have Andy Reid, who I think you can give the head coaching advantage to in this matchup, but then Tom Brady, who could probably coach his own game and do just fine with Bruce Arians, you'll it'll be interesting to see to our point where people lay their money with these two head coaches and quarterbacks at the helm. You know, the Chiefs defense will get absolutely no credit, but keep in mind the one touchdown that they gave up was because of that muffed punt. They're set up inside mm -hmm. the five. And then it was ball game after that. Their they just blitzed Josh Allen till the end of the day. They were great. Oh, how erratic was Allen? It looked like uh, he took a couple steps backwards yesterday. Mm -hmm. And in big spots, this Chiefs defense has really set up. This is Joe Ostrowski, Sarah Perlman. You are locked into the bet.